Happy Sabbath. This is when I was in college. I was on my way to Korea for the summer. And um, my brother and I and uh, some of my friends, we got the cheapest ticket, okay, cheapest ticket to Korea. And at the time, the cheapest ticket to Korea was Brazilian airline, okay? Brazilian airline. It was really cheap. So we got, this is a long ago, just wanted to let you know, this is when I was in college. So we got the tickets to go to Korea, cheapest tickets I could find, and I was sitting down, and this is when airlines actually had uh, smoking seats and non-smoking seats in the airline, okay? I was sitting down, and this gentleman right next to me, a Korean gentleman, probably, probably in his 50s, whatever, and he looks at me, this young college boy, and he goes, Hey, do you want to um, switch seats with my friend? He's in the back over there. Can you guys switch so I can sit next to my friend? And then I looked back, and the smoking area was all smoky. Okay? <laughs> and I imagined myself being stuck in the smoking area for 10 hours on the way to Korea. So I was like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? This Korean gentleman, I don't want to say no to him, but I look at the, the plane in the back, and I don't want to be stuck there for that long. I'm thinking, oh, what do I do? And I said, sir, I'm sorry, but no. And he's like, he didn't say that, but you know, the whole Korean culture thing where like, you know, I'm an adult and you're a student. You should go over there so I can sit with my friend. And he talked to me in a way that like, I should go over there. And I was like, I'm really sorry, but no, I'm not moving. And then of course, after that, things were kind of awkward and he started drinking, you know, it's free in the airplane. And I'm like, trying to sleep, like I'm trying to pretend to be sleeping, and I actually fell asleep. After two hours, I woke up, and I got like eight hours left still, sitting with this guy, and he was already a little bit drunk. And he started talking to me, and I don't want to talk to him because things were still kind of awkward. He's like, eh, and he asked me all these questions, like, nice, nicely I responded, and, and things were still awkward. And then he asked me, so are you a student? I was like, yeah, I'm in college. And then he goes, what do you study? <laughs> oh, I'm like, no. He did not just ask me that question. He already does not like me. I already told him that I wouldn't move my seat for him. And he's like, what do you study? Do I tell him I study theology? <laughs> you know what I told him? told him my major was communication major. <laughs> it was a flat lie. I was a communication minor my freshman year, but I was definitely not communication major at all. I 
flat out lied to him. You know, to this day, after so many years, still bothers me. Like, why, why did I not stand up for what I am, what I believe, and say, I'm a theology major, I believe in Jesus? Why couldn't I do that? I completely failed, and I feel like I failed God. Communication major. I could not stand for my faith. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Lord, um, it's just wonderful to be here in this church. Uh, Outside today is not that bad. The weather's kind of nice. We're all a little better. And we're all here in this church, Lord, praising you and worshiping you. Thank you so much that we have freedom to worship you and praise you. Now, Lord, as we open the Bible, open our hearts also. In Jesus' name, amen. Is Pastor John still not done over there? Can somebody actually go get him? Um, As we wait for Pastor John, I just want to let you know so that there's no miscommunication. All right? Next weekend, August 18th is the last, is it 18th, next Sabbath? Okay, August 18th is the last Sabbath here in this church. Okay? On August 25th, I don't want anyone showing up here because if you do show up, this door will be closed. Okay, if you check our website, there's a new location for our church. If you check out our Facebook page, there's a new location, new address. Uh, Somebody actually found our new church on Google Maps. It works. Okay? The address is 11845. I already memorized it. 11845 New Jersey Street, Redlands, California. (laughs) Okay, we're still working on it, okay? Still still not Loma Linda, but it is Redlands for now, but we're working on it. It's not 11845? It's not 11845, you guys. I did not memorize it correctly. What is it, Justin? 11487. Isn't that what I said? 11487. Oh, my memory is terrible. 11... What is it again? 4A7. 114A7, New Jersey Street, Redlands, California, 923 something something, I think. All right, so uh, in a couple of weeks, um, do not worry about uh, lunch, you guys, for now, because, man, they're telling me new things every Sabbath about what's going to happen for lunch. But um, there's food. We will feed you. Um, if we don't, we'll let you know, like, a day before. So, <laughs> so just, um, just get ready. Is Pastor John coming at all yet? He's coming? Okay. Um, Moksanya, please, please come. The whole family, please come up here. Uh, Loma Linda Church, I'm really, really sad, actually. Um, is your wife coming? Okay. Please come up here. I've been in Loma Linda Church for seven and a half years. Um, pastor John's been in this church for how many years, Pastor? Nine years? Nine and one. Hold on. Is this going to work? Check, check. 
no, 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 Almost 10 years ago, me and my wife came to Loma Linda Korean Church. At that time, just uh, me and my wife, just two of us. Uh, but during the last 10 years, my family got so blessed. So where's my wife? But she's, <laughs> she's coming. Uh, right now, I have three kids, so I have a five family. Someone told me that... Uh, I'm so worried about you. You are studying like almost 40 years old, and you are studying to Andrews. I'm so worried about you. I understand. But someone come to me and don't worry about anything. I'm praying for you. So that, that makes me so encouraged. Uh, me and my family, we always pray for the Loma in the Korean church. So please pray for your church. And if you have any space, please pray for my family. Thank you. Man, I didn't know Pastor John could speak English so well. <laughs> the whole eight years we've been together. Now she's coming up here. Um, as he said, you guys, um, Pastor John has been here for a long time. Now as he leaves our church, now they've three children. They've been very busy for the last... Eight years in, in Loma Linda, um, raising kids. Uh, this, is, th- this is wonderful to see great, beautiful kids here, um, but we're so sad. Um, I don't know if you know this or not, but Pastor John and I, we, uh, we're so close. We, um, we went through so much together. <laughs> uh, there's some really difficult board meetings, and um, we text each other, we're like, we know the code. We're like, Applebee's. So that means that night we're going to stay at Applebee's until 1 o'clock. We go to Denny's. Then we all meet up at Denny's, and, and that's our therapeutic session um, at Denny's, uh, eating good food together. Um, I just have so many wonderful memories with the Pastor John. I'm really sad that he's leaving, and I'm really sad that the whole family's leaving, but... Um, I'm sure God will continue to lead him. Um, Can you please uh, rise with me as I pray for Pastor John's family? Heavenly Father, we're so sad that, that Pastor John's leaving. We've been together for, for such a long time. Lord, um, but Lord, you... You have a very special plan for him, and he's going to Andrews Theological Seminary as he studies. Father, I pray that you just bless him and just continue to guide him and lead him, Lord. Lord, I just lift him up to you so that you can use him in a, for your holy work in a very special way. I want to lift up Samonim and all three children, just guide them, be with them, and bless them as well, Lord. In Berrien Springs, things can um, be tough. Uh, the weather can be pretty harsh. But Lord, I pray that you keep them safe and keep them warm. 
Lord, uh, may they continue to shine Christ in Berrien Springs. Lord, I pray that you just, just protect this whole family, Lord, as they travel um, next week. Just guide them. When the kids go to the new school, help them to make wonderful friends. Help them, Father, so that they may live in the glory of God all the time. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Okay, thank you. Let's give them a hand, everyone. So we are um, still in a series. Next Sabbath will be the last Sabbath here in Grand Terrace. So this is, the, this is the last one of the series, the eighth Beatitude. Um, we're going to do something special next weekend. So um, please keep that in mind. Let's, uh, let's just go to the eighth step of the path to new life in Christ. This is the last, the eighth beatitude. Matthew chapter 5, verses 10 through 12. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Loma Linda Church, who is our righteousness? We've already gone through this at the fourth key to the path to new life. Jesus is our righteousness. So today, we're studying the eighth beatitude, blessed are the persecuted for Jesus. Jesus elaborates on the last beatitude, though. It's funny because all our verses so far, they're very short, but today, a little longer, okay? So, verse 11, blessed are you, when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. You see how Jesus is actually saying that the persecuted for righteousness are the persecuted for who? For Jesus. Verse 12, Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. What we have here today is Jesus talking about, number one, the reality of persecution in verse 10. And verse, uh, secondly, the reason for persecution in verse 11, which is Jesus. And the reward of persecution in verse 12, which is heaven. So there will be suffering and persecution, which is a reality. There's a reason for, uh, for persecution, which is Jesus. And the third is the reward of persecution in verse 12. So these are one, two, three of what Jesus is elaborating through today's passage. So that's what we have here in today's passage. The Christians in the early church were killed because of they believed in Jesus. In the summer of 64, I know that there's a lot of fire in Southern California, and Northern California too. The California is burning right now, okay? In the summer of 
64, this is, this is AD 64, uh, Rome suffered a terrible fire that burned for six days and night. Okay? For six days, Rome burned. And it burned three quarters of the city. The people accused the Emperor Nero for this. And they thought our crazy Emperor Nero probably burned this. But what Nero did was he blamed the Christians for burning the city. So from then on, the persecution of Christians began. And they would arrest them, and they would catch them, and they would use them for entertainment. What they would do is um, they would just put them out in a, in a stadium, and then they would just set wild animals free. And these Christians would get eaten by wild animals, and they would come and watch that as entertainment. So these Christians, they were nailed to the cross, they were set on fire, and they were fed to the wild animals, and they were persecuted. And the reason for their death was their faith in Jesus. That was it. Faith in Jesus. They were hated, ridiculed, incarcerated, stoned, fed to beasts, and killed because of their faith in Jesus. Jesus assures us today, if you suffer for my sake, for my name, in any way, the reward is the kingdom of heaven. You know, this may not be a popular subject, but Jesus takes us to persecution today. Loma Linda Church, when was the last time you were persecuted for your faith? When was it? Persecution, maybe not. How about ridiculed, made fun of, or put down because of your faith? Anyone? A few people? Do you think that persecution still happens? Yes? I mean, for Christians. What do you think? I didn't think so. But you know what? I was wrong. I thought like maybe 2,000 years ago in the Roman Empire or like maybe 150 years ago um, in Asia or in Africa, Christians were persecuted, but that doesn't happen anymore, right? What if I told you that last year, and the year before, and the year before, and the year before, Christians were the most persecuted religious group around the world. Look at this. This is a report from 2017. Okay? In fact, the persecution for Christians is getting worse every year. It's hitting record high around the world. For the third year in a row, the modern persecution of Christians worldwide has hit another record high. It's happening in Asia, it's happening in Southeast Asia, and it's happening in 
big part of Middle East. We call that 1040 window. It is not just Islamic countries. Guess what? If you rank them, the worst country to persecute Christians, if you rank them number one in the world, what country do you think that is? You know this country really well. You probably have cousins there. North Korea. North Korea. Number one in the world. North Korea, number one. Number two, Afghanistan, Somalia, Sudan, Pakistan, Libya, Iraq, Yemen, and Iran. All these places, they kill Christians. If you stand up for your faith, you might get killed. In fact, every five minutes, every five minutes, one Christian dies for their faith. So when you had your Starbucks yesterday and you went to work and you went to school, whatever, you just had a normal day and you slept really well last night, when, while that was happening to our lives, several hundreds of Christians died around the world. I was shocked. You've never heard that. No one is reporting this. This has got to be the most underreported news. Yes, there are violent crimes done against Muslims too. But the most persecuted religious group in the world still is Christians. It's terrible what the dominant religious groups do to other religions. You know, you know this country, this country, America, was built on what? Religious persecution. The Puritans were getting killed by the Catholics, though they had to flee and come to this country. And then American Christians, they saw Native Americans, and they started killing them. Here's a side note. Okay, I don't want to get too um, into this. Um, here's a side note about religious groups and their violence. Violence is the way of Cain. Remember Cain? The first murderer in human history? Force, threat, hatred, and violence are the way of Cain. When the dominant culture or dominant religion commit violent crimes against other groups or other religious groups, that is the way of Cain. Wars, way of Cain. That is not the way of Jesus. The way of Jesus are love, acceptance, Tolerance and mercy. Apostle Paul 
traveled all over Asia, Asia Minor, and, and Greece, preaching the gospel and planting churches. There were many disciples in Jerusalem at the time, but they didn't want to get out of Jerusalem. So Paul pretty much told them that, hey, disciples of Jesus, um, okay, you, you, you take Jerusalem, okay? I got all Asia Minor and Greece and this whole area. You, you, you take care of Jerusalem, the small city, but I, don't worry about me, okay? It's, it's cool, right? It's cool. I got this. I got this whole Asia Minor and Greece and this whole area. But Paul's work in Asia Minor and Greece was not easy. Whenever he arrived at a new city, there were either a revival or a riot. It would be a hit or miss. It would be either a revival or a riot. Either there will be a revival or a riot, and horrible, violent crimes have been committed to Paul. Paul's work for Jesus came with so much persecution. Paul had so many near-death experiences because people would beat him and stone him. One time they stoned him to death. You know how they used to stone people? It's terrible. They would dig a deep hole and they would put the person in there and they would bury him up to his shoulder. Okay? So your only neck and your head is sticking out. And then people would gather up and grab stones and just crush the skull of the person. That's how they stoned people. That's how they used to stone Christians. In Lystra, which is a region of Iconium, these, um, these Jews from, from Iconium and um, Antioch, they, they chased after Paul and Barnabas and they finally got him and they stoned him to death and they checked their pulse and there was no pulse. They're like, oh, they're dead. So they threw them out of the city gate. But what happened was Paul and Barnabas, next morning, they got up and they went back to the next city. Paul knew persecution. But no matter the hardship, no matter the suffering, no matter the cost, he stood up for his faith. He rejoiced and was glad because great was his reward in heaven. You know what Paul says at the end of 2 Corinthians chapter 4? This is what he says. Okay, so I, I have it for you. First, uh, Second Corinthians chapter four, verse seventeen. Paul says, "For our light and momentary troubles." How can he say that? He said, "All my suffering that I went through, all the persecution I went through." He says, "Our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us." an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. I don't know how Paul can call all the violence and affliction done to him light 
and momentary troubles. He's saying that all our persecution on this earth are nothing compared to the coming good times, the lavish celebration prepared for us in heaven. So he was definitely focusing on what is unseen and not what is seen. Look at this, next verse. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Okay, I know, I know what you're thinking. You're like, Richard, okay, I get it. In the old days, Christians were persecuted. Oh, I get it. I learned today that Christians still get persecuted in some areas in the world, so I just need to avoid those areas. But for me, here in Loma Linda, California, in the U.S., you know, most likely I will not get persecuted. So, what are you saying to me? Persecution is not my biggest worry. Okay, I, I get that. Living here in America, especially in Loma Linda, there may not be persecution, but there may be pressure. There may be pressure. Though the Christians in recent years are still being persecuted around the world for their faith, probably the people of faith in Loma Linda, California, just like you and I, most likely will not face persecution for our faith. However, we may face pressure for righteousness. You may not be persecuted for your faith, but you may be put down, ridiculed, maligned, criticized, or pressured for your faith. We encounter situations where our faith or righteousness is tested. There will be pressure to suppress your values and faith in social settings or work environment. This is subtle pressure to be conformed to be like everybody else here in America. In America, you're not going to face violent, violent oppression. You're not. But you are going to face silent repression. It pressures you not to stand for your faith. It's just easier that way, right? It's just more convenient that way. Just blend in and fit in. You know what I mean? There are thousands of situations like that. Maybe someone is making fun of how dumb it is to believe in God. 
Maybe you are pressured by your boss to do something dishonest. Maybe you are pressured by your friends to do something unchristian-like. Maybe you are with people doing something you shouldn't be doing. There are some parties that you shouldn't go to. Why? Because you believe in Jesus. Because you are a Christian. They might say, Oh, come on. You're so conservative. Come on, now you live in East Coast, I mean, West Coast. Got the wrong coast, I'm sorry. Relax, come on. You're no fun. No. Do not give in, Loma Linda Church. Will you give in to pressure? Or will you stand for your faith? Sometimes we're asked to die for our faith. But most likely, Loma Linda Church, you and I are asked to live for our faith. Therefore, we are asked to stand up for our faith. Remember Daniel's friends? Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Everyone should remember these three names. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. They were, pres- they were pressured to bow down to the image. But they refused. And then they were threatened to bow down to the image. But they still refused. In the face of death, they still stood up for their faith. When everybody bowed down to the image, just the three of them literally, literally stood for their faith. They proclaimed to their oppressors, I will not bow down. Stand for your faith, Loma Linda Church. Loma Linda Church, the last beatitude is about courage. Last beatitude is about courage to stand for your faith. The courage to stand for your faith, just like Moses did in front of the Pharaoh and the Red Sea. Just like Joshua did against the giants in the land of Canaan. Just like Elijah did against 450 Baal worshippers. Just like David did against Goliath. Just like Daniel did with the ways of Babylon. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did before the image. Just like Queen Esther did in front of King Xerxes. Just like Nehemiah and Ezra did against their opposition in building the new temple. Just like Stephen did as he did as he was being stoned for his faith. Just like the disciples did in the face of death. Just like Apostle Paul did in every city, in every region, he went to do God's work. The last beatitude. Jesus says, stand for me. Stand up for your faith. You know what happened to all the disciples? 
I know in the beginning they were like, oh, we're not going to go anywhere. We're going to stay in Jerusalem. We're happy here. You know, essentially, uh, eventually, disciples all went out into the world. They suffered greatly for their faith. And in most cases, met violent deaths on account of their bold faith. Peter and Paul both martyred in Rome about 66 AD during the persecution of Emperor Nero. Paul was beheaded. Peter was crucified upside down because Peter didn't want to get crucified like Jesus. Andrew went to the land of the man-eaters. It's actually in Russia. And he was crucified there. Thomas was in east of Syria and, and preaching, and, and some people say that he went all the way to India to preach the gospel. And some soldiers came and pierced him with spears, and he died. Philip possibly had a powerful ministry in North Africa, in Asia Minor. But he had a cruel death. Bartholomew, he was a missionary all over the world. Some say that he went to India with Thomas too. And he died as a martyr as well. James, the son of Arpheus, he did a ministry in Syria and then he was stoned and then clubbed to death. Simon the Zealot. So the story goes, ministered in Persia and after refusing to worship the sun god, he was killed. Matthias, who was a replacement of Judas, he was burned alive. John, some say that they tried to kill him and they put him in a boiling oil, but he came alive. That's why he was sent to Patmos and then he wrote Revelation. The kingdom of God belongs to those who stand for their faith, no matter the hardship or pressure or persecution. They lived not for the seen, but for the unseen kingdom, God's kingdom. Loma Linda Church, Jesus says today, wherever you are, whatever situation you are in, Take courage and stand for your faith. I'm going to ask Shelly to come out. Um, I asked Shelly last weekend, hey, this is your last weekend at our church for a while because Shelly grew up in this church. She was born in this church. Um, I thought she was going to just get involved with the praise team, but I didn't know what she's going to do a special music for us. So, Shelly, please come up.